Stand by to receive our transmission. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That are alive, you are coming with me. The Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Well, you know, it's not exactly the Three Stooges. It's more like the Two Stooges in here. Uh, we just uh, switched chairs. Alan Sanders is on the air 7 a.m. to 10 Saturdays, and then uh, he, he flips over to the chair yeah, but across this is a lot the studio. Easier. <laughs> he flips over to that chair, which is good because both chairs are still warm. We always like to say, oh, yeah, we're warming up this chair yeah. for you, which so is great. So uh, I feel your back. A lot, I know it's a lot easier being over there just to... Listen and have fun because you're a little more serious than my show. I just come in here and just go, okay, I'm just going to have fun for two hours. I don't care what's going on. Yeah, that's why I like when I switch <laughs> over. Now I can like, okay, I unplug the academic side of my brain and I just have fun. And Whee! then the uh, and then the uh, <laughs> I'm like Calvin. Every when you see him jumping, he's like, Whee! that's a unplug the academic side of the. Br- I guess that's a compliment. I'll take it. Oh well, no, I mean okay. for me, I, not I like for you. That. No, I mean it, for me. No, it is for me too. For you, I mean, that is your academic. Just pointing side. out the obvious is all right. <laughs> your, wrong with it. your academic side of your brain is different yeah, than mine. But you usually, but you like, usually, I don't have the facts and knowledge you have in your head. Yeah, but I don't have the facts and knowledge that you have in your head either. There we go. That's why we're the peanut butter. Because that's why we're <laughs> peanut butter chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I got that. I got that playing on the podcast. By the way, I put that on there, which is playing. Uh, which you can hear if you ever miss the show. Go to SoundCloud or Anchor or Podbean or even YouTube. You can hear BK on there's podcast version. I I was not voted one of the most listened listened to podcasts by the podcast not magazine yet. people. How I was, I was voted one of the most non listened to. <laughs> but I'm glad to make some list. It's well, always glad to be on some list oh you're on someone's out list. there so i'm on somebody's list <laughs> you know what letter it starts with <laughs> it's, now, sli- slytherin. it's slytherin it's slytherin list it's, it's slytherin list, list. <laughs> just kidding. at any one time i could be on anybody's Look, list we were taken completely off guard i have no idea how many people either responded or because well, we didn't even te- promote te- first anything of all, tell everybody what we're talking about you got some pretty good news so, to share yeah, which is we really did fun yesterday found out that uh coming up in the the edition the uh there's a there's a mag there's an e-zine it's called podcast uh podcast magazine right and basically what they do is like any other magazine that's their focus is you know what's going on in the world of podcasting how do you become a podcaster interviewing co- it, it's that's the subject matter. right it's the guns sounds and like ammos of, yeah. of podcasting sounds like it is, yeah and apparently they do a survey of listeners, and they say, "Well, what are you listening to this month? What should we? What can we spotlight?" What and they can listeners? vote. They could. They were voting so on it. Yeah. Apparently, our listeners, and I didn't even know anything about this because I would have voted. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know that there was a vote for this. Who would you voted for? Uh, probably for your podcast. <laughs> What's well, funny? Because I voted for the Wilder Ride on it because I knew I didn't have a chance. So, so I'm like, uh, I'm too new. We uh, we got put. We're in the top fifty coming up for the month of August. We were in the top That's 50 great. of hot podcasts to listen hot to. Podcast. Look, I got a hot cup of coffee being delivered over there. Mac Ooh, over with figured, uh, Louder Milk Hobby Farms. Go over there and check them out over at the... Uh, does BK want coffee? He, oh. he likes unleaded, though. Unleaded. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah I'm a decaf guy. He's still learning how to I'll drink I'll jump coffee. through this window, you know, if I take the caffeinated kind and just but, uh, go crazy. Yeah, uh, very wrapping up. <laughs> um, we did get voted for August. We'll probably be the only time we'll ever be on that list. Because if you notice, 
the column next to it is where were they last week, and it was like non-existent. <laughs> so yeah, but that even that's pretty good. We though. were at number yeah. forty-six of fifty to listen to, like hot podcast to check out in August. Wow. Congratulations! So, that is fantastic. We'll a podcast after that that I'll drop out next that month. I, that I'm, but yeah, but at least if you've been on it, though, at least I was right. on it. Uh, and you print it out and save that and everything. But I've, I've been on the podcast, The Wilder Ride, is you where they talk about Gene as our first guest, and and we've talked about Young Frankenstein. I've come on and talked oh, about yeah. Blazing Saddles. I've been on and talked about a lot of things. We have a, we always have. I mean, you talk about having fun here for two hours on the air when we do the podcast. We can really let the hair down it on a takes, podcast. So. It takes the fun to 11. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, but this one goes to 11. We get to 10 That's here. Right. But we get to yeah. go to 11. Get to go to 11. And, and you, you, there's a little bit of editing involved in, on your part a when, hair. when we really get going and stuff like that. But <laughs> you, you have to refer. Just, just it would, a hair. It wouldn't sound as funny. As my yeah, you know, I try to tell my wife all the time. It didn't take me hardly any time at all. No. Now, what do, uh, in, re, in reference to what? The, the universe yeah. forming or exactly the, the, the data? In, in the the of age the, of a giant tree. In terms of the concrete erosion <laughs> happening in our driveway, this is this takes me no time at all. What does Chun? What does Chun say in Remo Williams? You remember Remo Williams? The guy I that don't you look have like any Fred knowledge of. He's this training movie. Remo Williams, and he's like, "You're an old man, aren't you?" And he's like, "For for an acorn." Yes, I am very old, but for a mountain or an old tree, I've only begun in years. And I'm like, I use that now. (laughs) People say I'm old. You know my favorite phrase to use about age comes from Raiders. Oh, yeah. It's not the years. It's the mileage. That's right. Got to do it in Harrison Ford's voice. This kid. Well, David, where doesn't it hurt? (laughs) Here. Here. My elbow. (laughs) Bottom of my elbow. (laughs) This isn't isn't so bad. (laughs) Did she? And then she she tries to yeah, she tries to wipe off the mirror and smacks him. And that she pulls is it over. My that is so funny. Favorite because first of all, it comes out of nowhere. It's so loud. <laughs> I know. It like pulls back out in the middle of the water to see the silhouette away of the from ship. the boat. Like you can hear it for miles. And then what makes yeah. it even funnier? It comes back. Yeah. She puts her head from under. Did you say something? Just say something. <laughs> like she didn't even hear it. You know. And he's just yeah. rubbing his um, jaw like, Marion oh, my God. Indiana Jones. So, And that's how, that's that, what you just heard is kind of what we do here. If you're new to the program, oh. this is BCAM there, where we talk about <laughs> nostalgic, geekiness, crazy junk from when we grew up, movies, television, music. I got so many stories today that I want to talk about. I want to talk about where Georgia ranks in film production. Uh, some people may be happy. Some people may not be so happy, uh, but I, I don't care either way. Uh, a new Jurassic Park television series is going to be uh, debut, debuting on uh, Netflix. And this snuck up on me. I didn't even know about this until just this week. I, I, I think it's been out there for a while, but I only learned about it this week. I'm like, a Jurassic Park TV show? What's going on Jurassic World TV Well, show? you're informing me I was this many years old hearing and there was right. a concept of and a Jurassic Park And you didn't Park hear show. about it either. So no. that must have been, it sneaked past us. And uh, we talked about to applaud it with as many sneak, pe- you know, as many outlets and websites and people trying to steal information and spoil and things. ruin things, yeah. For that to be that hidden for both of us? Yeah. That's amazing. And you'll see maybe why it was a little hidden and it was off our radar. When you hear about it, you'll see maybe why. And uh, notice how, you remember how we were always talking about how people find things in um, in storage spaces or you uncovered something in a house that you bought, like in a garage or a false wall or something or, or, or a barn or something like that, how people are finding things like right. money, collectibles, things that are worth millions of dollars or whatever. You and I joke that we don't find anything but junk. No. That's just about all we find. 
even back when I was a kid, I wanted a metal detector. I'm like, I read an ad. If I buy one of these metal detectors, I could I could be a billionaire by finding jewelry and all these things on the right. beach and in the woods and stuff. And I got one, and I, I found a can and a pop top back when they were metal. And I found a horseshoe. I guess it was lucky. I found a couple of nails. <laughs> you know, yeah. I did find things, but nothing that made me rich. Well, there was a garage, a barn find. Someone found something in a barn, and I think it was in the UK, but I, I'm not sure. I have the story coming up. Oh, all somebody that found in the UK. a vehicle, a car that has something to do with one of our beloved movie franchises, and I the car's in great shape. So is, when I tell you, because you tried to I guess. Don't know. And I'm telling you, it's not a. I'll, I'll give you this right off the bat. You, you guessed. You guessed one, and it was wrong. It's not the Aston Martin, and it's not a DeLorean. I'll tell you those two right now. So that eliminates two franchises, bunch okay. of franchise movies. Throw you right there. Speak down there. We're going to, and we've got some special guests doing the Channel Star Wars report today. Don't worry, you know them. And uh, <laughs> because yeah, you're familiar. We have a problem with uh, Mike Mann getting out of Boss Eisley on time. Speak down there. We uh, stand by. We come back. We'll go to the Golden Rage of TV with Pat McCormick. We'll return after these messages. Get ready for a new look to ABC's All-Star Saturday. Starting with that cool cat, the Pink Panther. And Bang Face. Then it's the new 90-minute challenge of the Super Friends. Followed by everybody's favorite, Scooby's All-Stars, starting Saturday. Only one man could destroy a Caribbean island. Only one man would drive a car with an ejection seat. Only one man can turn off an atomic bomb, blow up a volcano, hold a helicopter in a suitcase, a rocket on his back, artillery in one hand, and a beautiful woman in the other. Only one man. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back. Sean Connery as James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Diamonds Are Forever. He's back in the diamond fields of South Africa, in the casinos of Las Vegas, on an offshore drilling rig, and 180 miles in space. Sean Connery as James Bond is back, and he's bigger than ever, in the newest, greatest Bond adventure of them all. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever. From United Artists, rated GP, may contain material not suitable for free teenagers. Diamonds are forever, 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 forever. fellow classic TV fans. In 1966, a popular TV version of Tarzan starred Ron Ely and aired on NBC for two seasons, totaling 57 episodes. Unlike previous portrayals, this Tarzan did have his chimp companion Cheetah, but no Jane. He was also depicted as sort of a jungle-based crime fighter, having been educated, then getting fed up with civilization, and ultimately returning to his roots. Or should I say his trees? The series also featured his young sidekick named Jai. He was played by Manuel Padilla Jr. Manuel is recognizable from his many TV roles having bit parts on Gunsmoke, The Flying Nun, Rawhide, and Bonanza. In 1973, he hit the big screen in the Lucas classic American Graffiti. Ely was no stranger to classic TV either. He appeared on shows like The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, Father Knows Best, The Courtship of Eddie's Father, and later on Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, and Wonder Woman. While playing Tarzan, Ron is reported to have performed all his own stunts. But unfortunately, this also meant he sustained many injuries. For example, he burned both his arms and legs during a fire scene and was once bitten by a supposed 
wildly tame lion. He fell from a swinging vine, separating his shoulder. He then fell from another vine, this time breaking the other shoulder. His injuries continued as he sprained both wrists and sustained three broken ribs. But based on the fixed air dates, filming continued. So there's no denying that the banged-up Ely surely did suffer for his art. And although he was playing Tarzan, this sounds to me more like George of the Jungle. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the Air. Thank you, Pat. You know, did I, did I ever tell you that I do the best Tarzan yell? Have you ever heard my Tarzan yell? You know, the yell that Tarzan done. You know, Carol the Burnett did one. one. Carol Burnett did one all, all the time. She was always yes. asked to do one on her show. That's hard to do to it do, is do hard it like the old, like the Weissmuller version I of Tarzan. Do, I do the Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan yell, which is one of the hardest ones to do. I have to be in a bowling alley barefoot with a bowling ball, though, to do it, because it happened once <laughs> in did a bowling alley. You, did, you, did you drop I the bowling dropped the ball. I dropped the ball, <laughs> like I often do, <laughs> right on my foot. Why were you barefoot? And everybody said, well, it was changing shoes oh, from the bowling shoes. you were in the middle of changing. Okay. And, like, you're bowling? What are you, Fred Flintstone? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so... Could have been. You know when he like goes bowling. up on his tickle toes? I was bowling, with the, I was bowling <laughs> with the hobbits. <laughs> yeah, hobbit feet. Hobbits were there, too. Yeah, I let out a scream that was it was kind of like Tarzan yell, the wise muller yell. So that's Remember when one. Fred Flintstone had the split and he bowled? Yes. He bowled a bowling, like a weight set? <laughs> right. It was like two round balls on bar in between. How yeah, how fair. funny you should mention the Flintstones. It's it's uh, I think the the new box set of the Flintstones has been released this week on DVD and Blue. I think it's Blu-ray too, but I think it's Does it include DVD. the Marlboro commercial? Or I Winston's? don't I Winston's. hope I hope it does. That would be oh, great if I got I forgot to grab my coffee. You got to pick go our coffee that. up. Oh, you gotta, go, but oh you, look at he brought you. Oh wow, that's awesome. Like an iced tea or something bringing like, me something yeah. to drink. And you have a cup of coffee, so you're going to have another one and I'm going to have to pull you down off the ceiling in about 30 Minutes. And I'm I'm using my Louder Milk Farms coffee mug. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring my um, Kong Skull Island cup in. Uh, I got it from. Did a you Universal. say that? That's like a, the size of a dog bowl. No, no, no. Actually, it's not Kong size, but it is. A, it's almost almost as big as that. The big one you got. It's not as big as the dog mutt Paul one I got the you. The one you Christmas. got me is awesome. That one's the huge one that, that you can one either I, eat, co- drink coffee or drink soup out of. I, I <laughs> use that want. one, and it's when, when my doctor says, "How many cups of coffee do you drink a day?" I'm like, "Just two. Just two. Can I see the cup, please? How many fit the cup size? What fits in the cup? Half a pot. <laughs> Seriously, almost half a pot of coffee fits in that size mug you got me. There's a cup joke regarding something else there that I could do, but I'm not doing it on the air. <laughs> I'll do it the next time on the World of Ride podcast. There you go, save it. There. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sneak it in there. i got a story here to do if you want to go get the cup of coffee. Yeah, I'll just I'll so get into the story from Project Casting. Georgia has been ranked, believe it or not, number one in film production again. Georgia filmed productions have re, uh, re, received nearly 50 uh, total 200, uh, 2020 Emmy nominations, according to Governor Brian Kemp. Georgia is ranked the number one film production leader in Business Facilities Magazine. Also, Georgia, right here where I'm sitting my big behind, was on track for another record-setting year before the COVID-19 pandemic. 235 film and TV productions filmed in Georgia during the fiscal year of 2020 
and spent $2.2 billion in the state, putting it back on track for a massive year before the shutdown, uh, the, the pandemic shutdown, all the productions. Since the shutdown, Georgia's productions are starting to ramp up with at least 20 productions currently filming or in pre-production. Georgia filmed productions reached 50 nominations. These shows include Watchmen, Ozark, Stranger Things, the excellent Stranger Things, Love is Blind, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, These Broken Bones, and The Outsiders, Jason Bateman. And I think they were, weren't they looking not too Ozark. long ago up here in the area? Uh, I know Ozark's uh, was filmed close, li- was close by, but weren't they looking for extras for the Dolly Parton heartstrings up here at one point here in Cardinal? They, uh, they did. Cardinal. They actually, now Dolly was not in town. Right. But what's, have you seen what that looked like when they shot behind the old, I forgot what the old. Uh, no, I didn't. They use it now as the old tractor farm supply repair place, but they use that as the backdrop of a set. And then they digitally extended the scene and painted the sky. Oh, and it really? looks like you're in 1940s Americana. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing when you actually see after what they've yeah. done. You brush out the telephone poles and cable lines and just make it look like you're in some 1940s era kind of just old small town well along with all the other awards too hbo's limited series watchmen and netflix's stranger things also earned peabody awards in june so more award-winning things that's for sci-fi in georgia that's right last month governor kemp announced film productions will start to resume production in georgia and will bring back an estimated when they start back up estimated forty thousand estimated jobs and 75 different new projects to the state of georgia so you know, salute yes on a serious <laughs> note and that's what bothered me so much when you started hearing whenever hollywood gets their high horse we're gonna leave the state you know what you're not gonna affect the salaries of the executives the the, the leading actors no. what they don't realize is if you talk like that you're eliminating so many of the pa and crew jobs that are all local almost everybody on a movie set except for the stars and a handful of maybe people that uh you know are the the personal assistants of or hairdresser of almost everybody's hired locally from Crafts, sound people, craft services, craft services I mean, crew, got a lot of people electricians, carpenters, painters, just the the sheer number of people that are involved on a movie. They're all local. Can I be can I can I stick my chest out like a rooster and be proud here for a moment? I think it's great that the state of Georgia has reached the level of, of making movies because you and I are big movies fans. How mm-hmm. could we not like it? It's just cool that it happens. I, I'd say the same thing if I was, whatever you know, name a state. If I was living in a state where it happened. You'd be happy, and we're happy to see film crews. Even here in Cartersville, we've had uh, Marvel mm-hmm. here in in the area. We're filming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and Spider Man, and a lot of other things. Hunger Games was filming here in Georgia. So many other films that we know. You know, there was a film Georgia filmed here in Georgia in the Atlanta area and around in Marietta and Canton. I think that I didn't even know it was filmed here till I read the credits. Mm-hmm. The end of it. I'm like. Wait a minute. I didn't know this was filmed here. The, the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep, was filmed in Georgia. It was a Georgia production, and yes. I had no idea watching it. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, that's great. That little peach they put at the end. Did you yep. know this about the – because I had a chance to sit down. Uh, there was a there was a gathering from the Chamber of Commerce. They had their one of their quarterly gatherings, and the – I can't remember his name, but he's basically the liaison to the governor's office for the Georgia Film Commission. He was basically talking about the film industry, and he said – we give most film productions up to a 20% discount on, you know, tax break to wow, incentive. Yeah. But if yeah. they agree to put the Georgia peach at the end, 
we we bump it up to 30 and you know why <laughs> wow because then other filmmakers say like oh that movie was filmed in georgia yeah. what's going on in georgia and they're and gonna that come was my down so-and-so here. director and i really respect him so yeah let's, we've got so many different terrains here we've got wooded wooded areas we've got places that look almost like anywhere you can film in downtown atlanta and it can substitute itself for new york like in the avengers you know yep. they, they they maybe do a little digital uh manipulation in the background of it to maybe add a landmark or two but it's out of this world fantastic i couldn't believe it when i when i when i was a kid and i learned oh wow burt reynolds filmed deliverance in georgia and uh and he filmed sharky's machine in georgia and uh, burt i think burt kind of brought hollywood to georgia first i think he was one of the earliest guys or, or mean, filmmakers to do that certainly well, he grew up here so yeah. kind of was a familiar i mean uh, they filmed a lot of the chase scenes in the smoking the bandit smoking the bandit in the you 70s know, yeah I all mean, to georgia came back and, and then it's fun seeing a landmark where you go i know where that is yeah, I, I recognize that. By the way, did I ever tell you the story? We were watching Spider Man. Um, I think it was the the sequel. It was either Homecoming or Far From Home. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was um, Homecoming, uh, the first one. We got to see it. We we were gone at the time. We were on the Hollywood tour vacation when that movie came out, and we went to see Sp- the Spider Man Homecoming at Adobe Atmos Theater in Calabasas, California. Mm. It was a great sound, uh, really very cool place to see it. But as it when it was when the credits were rolling to it see we kind of forgot where we were because in the theater if you see a movie here in atlanta in georgia and the credits and the and the georgia thing comes up some people kind of cheer and clap when they say yay filming in georgia they do you know in, in the surrounding areas where we go see it well stacy and i had to catch ourselves because we we're in california we're like there's a jo- oh i better not do that here <laughs> because he might Excuse me, you're going to have to leave the theater. Well, fine, the movie's over anyway. <laughs> so they're going to throw me out of there for clapping over at that point. seeing the Georgia logo at the end, and I was in California at the time. So, yeah, so we're going to truck right along with the show here. It's the bottom of the hour. Coming up here, we're going to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre when we come back after the break. And there's a there's a car find in a barn that I'm going to talk about. And as we didn't need another reason to love dogs, there's a story I got coming up about uh, regarding dogs and COVID-19 and detecting it, which is kind of cool. And astronomers have discovered a huge galactic wall behind the Milky Way. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what it could be. I don't know, or keep in. (laughs) It could be either way. Speak here on the air. (laughs) For some reason or another, you sound a little taller on radio. (laughs) They sure work hard, don't they, Bonnie? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go around back where we can't see them. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter, Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. I find your arguments strewn with gaping defects in logic. A long distance, directly assistance, Eddie Cook 212. Say, hey, hey, Mom, this is Mr. Little Man Blue. Dispensing nostalgic geekiness talk radio with extreme prejudice here. It's BK on the air. Someone I can explain it sometimes. Oh. What are you doing on the air? I'm like, do you have a talk show? I'm like, well, yeah, but it's a talk show. But what do you talk about? 
Oh, I don't know. It's uh, it can range anything from Robin Hood in the '30s all the way up to what movie came out yesterday, or what <laughs> movie is coming out next year, or two years from now. It's it's really the gambit of what it runs here. It's very much entertainment stuff driven. You grew up with and stuff you love, stuff you hate, stuff you can't forget about, stuff you. Wait choose. a minute. Why would you talk about stuff we hate? Well, it's fun. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. just get it out. Depending you know? what it is. Man, I hated that movie. That's a terrible movie. Oh, True. I hate that album. I can have some fun talking about I a bad movie. Can't stand that group <laughs> you know there's a short list but and i'll do it one day there's one there's maybe five rock groups or whatever that i just completely i hate to use the word hate because hate i reserve that for something really bad like you know hitler or terrorist or whatever uh star wars prequels but <laughs> in that same vein sorry <laughs> did i did that slip out I, I, you know what i um, barely heard it but there are spot maybe five rock groups that I kind of just, I just never liked any of their songs, and I could you know we could talk not about one. that someday. Not one. I mean, and it's not a long list because I like a lot of music. My music ranges from I like classical, I like movie soundtracks, I like classic rock, I like rock and roll, I like pop music, I like bubblegum one hit wonders, I like um, some old classic country like Johnny Cash and stuff from the fifties and sixties. Um, heck, I even you know I the only jazz I double in is, is uh, Steely Dan. That's about <laughs> as jazz as I. I get is you know Steely Dan is kind of jazz rock type I, yeah, of a group. My so. jazz goes like I'm okay with the more contemporary, easy right. listening jazz. You start getting into that acid funk jazz, I'm like I don't get or, it. it. Sounds or, like noise or improvisational jazz where they're just impro- imp- improvising the whole thing. And I'm like, keep looking, you'll find the note. Just keep <laughs> hey. it's there somewhere. Keep we got some a, friends outside waving. Hi. So, hey, hang on. <laughs> two thumbs up for you guys. Love and to see it out way, there. He's got a, he's got a his dog went by. It was uh, same color as mine, the brindle color. I call them the the tigers of the dog world. Have that stripe, really cool brindle color, which I love. But uh, oh my goodness, we just uh, got diarrhea of the mouth, and we forgot that it's time to flash the audience. That's another problem, which is good or bad. I mean, it's good to have diarrhea on the mouth on the radio because you can't yeah. stop talking beats, on the radio. Beats dead air, right? Which is um, <laughs> that's bad. Even you know, we got dead air things to cover it up with here too. <laughs> we got sound effects to play if there's dead air. I got the first news. I got the first news. From UPI, Rhode Island te- state officials said a technical glitch was to blame for 176 tax refund checks being mailed out bearing the signatures of Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. How is that a technical a glitch? Jade Borgensen, chief of staff of the Rhode Island Department of Revenue, confirmed the checks were mailed out this week with the signatures of Walt Disney and his most famous cartoon <laughs> creation. <laughs> Instead of Rhode Island's general treasurer, Seth Mag- Magnuser, and uh, state controller, Peter Keenan. That's that's who should have been on it. Shouldn't it have been Foghorn Leghorn? Isn't he a Rhode <laughs> Island I say red? I should have signed <laughs> that check. Borgensen <laughs> said that most of the uh, checks were corporate tax refunds. <laughs> Hiya, folks. So, <laughs> I'm signing your check for you. Well, Here's your check. I went to sign your check. <laughs> but my, my signature's no good, so. <laughs> Don't tell Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> She'll want to. A cut of it. I have a private shopping network. I wonder if I wonder if Mickey hides his paycheck from Minnie. I don't know. <laughs> you never do. T- you never know. Oh my goodness! All right, I've got the next news. Oh, we're Mickey heading up to my uh, my homeland from my mom's that's side of the right, family. That's right. That's why I gave it to you. Hey, yeah. we head up to Manitoba. Eh? Man uh, <laughs> broke his second Guinness World Record when he rode his bicycle more than seven thousand thirty-one miles in one month. 
Arvid Lowen, age 63, surpassed the 7,031-mile world record set by British man Mark Beaumont in 2017. This past Wednesday, or on Wednesday, this is when the story was written, and he said he will continue to ride until he reaches the 30-day time limit for the record, which will last through Thursday. Lowen, I guess this is last, last week, Lowen has been logging his miles by riding the approximately 18.5-mile route from Winnipeg to Lockport and back wow. repeatedly. Lowen said his official attempt ended Thursday at about 7 p.m., and he will then submit evidence to of his ride to Guinness World Records for official recognition. The grandfather? Oh. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I read 63, <laughs> but then you add grandfather to yeah, it. Yeah, just wait till you hear this. The grandfather previously set a world record in 2011 when he biked from Vancouver, British Columbia, to Halifax, Nova Scotia in 13 days, 6 hours, 13 minutes. The feat earned him the record for the fastest bike ride across Canada. You see, that is boogieing. Thirteen days to get—that's like going across the United States. And that's not—that's not a leisure like with Pee Wee Herman. No, that's not really slow. Yeah. Now I I get guilty. I feel guilty every time now when I read a story like that, and I'm like, should I complain that my legs are hurting on the Silver Comet Trail when we're we're biking just a few miles? I don't know why, but I go. I I think about that, and I'm like, this grandfather—he wasn't complaining about his legs, so why should I complain about mine? I got the next news. You gonna drink to your legs? It's a tiger shark. Elvin Bletcher, 14, of Boulder, Colorado, said he was leafing through the 2020 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records when he discovered there was an entry for the fastest time solving a Rubik's Cube. And the records seem within reach. Well, let me let me uh, mend that. Solving a Rubik's Cube while on a pogo stick. Oh, wow. So he's going to he's going to up it a notch. The teenager said it was there three months until his official attempt. Guinness required there to be witnesses and video evidence, as well as stipulating that a new cube be used for every attempt was their requirement. And he broke it. The previous record, which stood for 22.89 seconds when Bletcher first became interested, had become 18.642 seconds by the time he was ready for his official attempt. The teenager finished with a time solving the Rubik's Cube while jumping on a pogo stick, which, you know, I've been on a pogo stick before. They're not that easy to do, but they're not that hard, but they're still challenging. While doing a Rubik's Cube, 16.710 seconds, enough to take possession of the record. Wow. I can't even do it off a pogo stick. I can't do it at all with as many hours as you can give me. You know what's crazy about the Rubik's Cube? I saw this. YouTube is a fun place to go down rabbit holes. Yes, isn't it, though? There was a competition (laughs) where a person was juggling multiple Rubik's Cubes, but I was watching. He was twisting the half second or less that he had in his hands, and he solved every one of the Rubik's Cubes while juggling them. How are you keeping track in your brain multiple Rubik's Cubes? Can't even. When I look at that, I'm like, he's either part computer or he's an an alien in human form. But then again, I don't want to do that because I'm like, we humans are amazing Mm -hmm. creatures. We can do things like that. You know what I like to think? That's That's the sum total of all he's capable of, and that's great, and he owns it. I, I'll take the wide, eclectic, jack-of-all-trades, right. master of none. Right. He you know, has mastered I, that. When I hear stuff like that, I have to drink. Yeah, I have to drink something heavier oh, than that. I never, I never drank till I started doing the show, so I'm drinking on All here. right, let's see if we can fit a few more in here. I've got the next news. Oh, we got time. Oh. We'll make it. 
Well, Mike Evans of Woodson Terrace said he and some friends were rafting on the Merrimack River Saturday when he and a friend decided to walk in the river for a little while. Must be kind of like the Etowah where there's some shallow places. You can just kind of chill. And Let me guess. Is, cool it a, off. is it a piranha attack? What is it? I don't know. Uh, Evans said they, became, they came upon some deeper water and had to swim back to the raft where he noticed... His prosthetic leg was missing. He's missing a leg. Where did it go? Evan said he and his friends searched the river but were unable to locate any sign of his lost limb. He said the leg would cost $27,000 to replace and would be too expensive for him to even, uh, even with insurance, paying a portion of the cost to replace. Well, a Missouri state trooper heard about Evan's situation and contacted him via Facebook Sunday night to request more information so he could send a dive team to search for the leg. Trooper Mm. said the dive team arrived at the river about 9.30 a.m. Monday and had located his leg by noon. And Another one we drink to your leg. He'll drink to his leg. And they gave him a leg up. Wow, now I don't feel so bad losing a pair of sunglasses in the in the ocean nope. at the beach many years ago. And they were cheap ones. I never spend a lot of money on. I certainly don't spend however this leg was going to cost. What, $27,000? I know there's $1,000 sunglasses, but I would never buy sunglasses that, uh, that cost that much. I got the next news. I don't get people who spend that much on sunglasses. Me either. because they're. I don't want to spend that much just to lose. Prescription glasses are expensive enough. Chris Maricus says he went to a tandem jump Saturday at Vermont Skydiving Adventures in Addison and didn't realize until he was safely on the ground after the jump that his prosthetic leg was missing. Wait a minute. Wait. Two prosthetic leg stories. Did it just come off? He posted a plea on Facebook for local residents to keep an eye out for his missing leg as replacement placing it would be expensive. The post came to the attention of West Addison farmer Joe Marzoskowski, I think that's how you say his name, (laughs) whose property is located near Vermont Skydiving Adventures. He searched the property on Sunday and found the leg, which was completely intact and seemed to have uh, uh, incurred only a few minor scratches among his crops. Uh, the man <laughs> met with the the guy who lost the leg on Monday to return his leg. So two legs find their home on BKL Near Flash in the Audience. We'll be back to BKL Near. Come to the honeycomb hideout. I'm Big Betty the Blind Bomber, and I want a big cereal. Honeycomb's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. Honeycomb's got a big, big bite. Big, big taste in a big, big bite. Right. A good breakfast featuring post honeycomb cereal gives you a big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. <laughs> That's right. We're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. A little uh, Jeff Lynn's ELO there. Got to see them in concert bucket list item last year. Got to go see them. I've been wanting to see them for years. That's from their latest album, From Out of Nowhere. One more time. Um, great mix of uh, classical music and rock and roll. I think ELO and ELO and Queen and uh, a lot of those groups, uh, Moody Blues, they, they were really good at taking music and merging it with uh, with orchestral production and whatnot. So, uh, ELO would sometimes use a 90-piece orchestra to come in to augment their 
their songs and stuff, and a lot of groups did that. And I think it's really cool when uh, groups do things like yeah. that and mix it up. Well, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses, one of their biggest hits was November Rain. That was in a the huge production with and the it, rock and, oh, in, yeah. and orchestration. And uh, Metallica did an entire symphony directed by Michael Kamen of right. their hits. And it was we talked uh, about that, the yeah. San Francisco Philharmonic. And I love when musicians, because you know what? When I was younger, being in the heavy metal scene, I really loved thrash metal. And I went to go see p groups like Slayer and Anthrax right. and Metallica and Overkill and places people like that. And I remember the group we would hang around with, so many of them were like, man, this is the only music. And I'm like, well, you need to be open to more because these guys yeah. probably listen to a whole lot. Just because they play this doesn't mean oh, that's yeah. their only love. Some of the rockin', rockin'est, metalist, thrashing people listen to classical music. I mean, music is broad. It's broad. <laughs> you know, it's a lot and of what's funny stuff. is these same people that initially mocked the, the whole idea, now they have to accept the fact that you know, Metallica uses Ennio Marconi's, uh, you know, right. uh, uh, Ecstasy of Gold. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys have done symphony concerts or had symphonic pieces added because they love music. And so you can't limit yourself to just one form. That may be what they play. Right. That's how they make their money. But don't think that that's all they're listening Even to. Even Pink Floyd used an orchestra uh, and, and classical uh instruments and whatnot because it's just sometimes when you do it right it just sounds so otherworldly and awesome i mean it uh, just becomes bigger when, uh, when we went to see yellow last year for live which was i was so happy to sit there and see my favorite group live and i'd never seen him before i had chances to go but didn't go and then they canceled one years ago i'm sitting there watching it and he doesn't he doesn't tour with an orchestra anymore because it's not really cost effective it's really expensive now so he has just a uh, uh, two or three two or three violin players some cello players on the uh, on the stage and uh you know just to, mm -hmm. to weave it in and to take up those parts like some of the some like when he does a because ELO did a great remake of Roll Over Beethoven by Chuck Berry and they start out the song Chuck Berry didn't do this but they actually start out their version with the beginning of the Beethoven's Fifth yeah fantastic stuff I, from Fox News I've got a story here that's got a movie tie-in and I teased Alan with it and I know he's been thinking about it mm -hmm. and I didn't hear about it till yesterday there's been a vehicle found in a barn which has a movie franchise tie-in and this I've is been it. thinking about it let me let me give you a hint I'll, here's how the article starts was the buyer Mad Max, or was he just mad? <laughs> was it one of the interceptors? Was a it the dusty and rusty mess of a 1973 Ford Falcon left in a shed for over three decades oh. was auctioned this week for over two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. The Australian Ford Falcon XA GT hardtop RPO 83 manual coupe. <sighs> Put that on a car title. <laughs> That's a lot. What kind of car you got? Oh, I got a Ford Falcon X, uh, XA GT hardtop RPO 83 manual coupe. It was a predecessor to the model used as the basis for the Pursuit special featured in the sci-fi classic Mad Max franchise film. Mm -hmm. Different from the Falcon sold in the U.S. through the 60s, the model was ex uh, effectively Australia's version of the Mustang, but offered in several body styles with two and four doors. This particular coupe was one of just 120 high-performance models featuring the 330-horsepower V8. You're not going to get a good gas bodge with that one. Uh, was good for 160 miles an hour top speed. And you could you could reach that out there on the Australian Outback on the large straightaway where they filmed Mad Max. Uh, but it's been a long time since this car was capable of doing that, this one in particular. The car was last registered for the road and started in 1988 and has since been riding away in a half-open roadside shed outside of Brisbane beside a chicken wire fence. Falcon, Falcon Cobra Club of Queensland President Troy Postel told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation earning it the name 
chicken coop <laughs> among those in the know. Possel said its owner, Gordon Stubberfield, refused to sell it despite great interest from collectors over the years because it was the car he owned when he got married. He also enjoyed speaking to people who stopped by to ask about it until he passed away last year. Quote, he was adamant he didn't want it touched. He was loved. He loved it, uh, and it was Puzzle said. The buyer had not yet come forward or announced what they intend to do with the car. According to TradeUniqueCars.com.au, a 1973 Falcon XA GT Hardtop RPO 83 in fair condition is worth around $70,000, while those in excellent condition have estimated value of over $180,000. Now, that's the one that was, became the interceptor they built for him, the black car that he right. that, to entice him to come back to the yeah. force? Is that the one they're talking about? Yeah, and it's like... Because I know I've, I've seen people that collect the other vehicles that were owned by the, in the first Mad Max, right. the, the police cars, yeah. where you had like the pursuit vehicle, the interceptor. Little yellow ones, yeah, yeah so, <laughs> which are great. Um, but I remember I, there was a guy in Detroit that actually put a bunch of money into one of these black ones, including... It's the one sold overseas. He has to drive yeah. on the other side of the vehicle. Right. <laughs> but he put in everything. Obviously, it has to be street legal, so his blower, you can't have a blower. Right. So he put in a decorative piece so it looks Just like it looks it's, like it's running it's a blower. But no, it's, it's, it's motorized. So it actually <laughs> looks great. It's basically a non-working, but it's still there. But still uh, he's got like the it, sirens, though. so it sounds like that from the Mad Max movie. That's he can put great. those on. I... If I had to pick any movie car, I've always loved the DeLorean. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's a lot of them to pick from. But yeah. Mad Max's Interceptor, that wouldn't be a bad choice. Oh, that'd be a great car to have. I mean, the any, you pick any of the Batmobiles, that, or whatever. Uh, you look at um, <laughs> what, what always got me about the Mad Max movies, especially the last one, Fury Road, is I always picture, we need to go faster. So, Alan, get out there on the hood, get the gas in your mouth, and spit it <laughs> into the intake so we can go faster. That's the yeah, only way to do it. A little more oomph. We just did a little more speed to, to go faster. So another iconic car. Another find. You know, I'd love to find something. You know, And I'm not going to find it on my property. Maybe a relative of mine finds something you know where crazy? I can join in on the on the. Someone on bought the that basically for the chassis. I mean, it was it was rusted, oh, yeah. and, and it needs so much work. But the fact that it's such a limited number of vehicles that were made. Yeah. That three hundred thousand dollars for him was considered a steal. That's like finding. I think uh, they found a couple, maybe one or two, because you know they were always they were ordered after World War II. Japan was ordered to destroy all their all their weapons and arms and planes from World War II. That they had zeros and everything else. So that's why they you could never find a Japanese zero plane because they supposedly destroyed them all. Well, I think they found one or two on a on a deserted island over the past few years and have restored it for museums and stuff whatnot. So finding something, I just want to. I'd really love to find something that's worth a lot. That yeah. would be kind of fun to do that. Whether it's whether it's whether I'm in the woods or just anywhere, I'm be walking along the woods and go, "Oh, look, it's DB Cooper. There's his, uh, <laughs> there he Cooper. is in a parachute, and he's a skeleton." But I found him though, so that's cool. So it'd be fine, nice to find something, <laughs> find something buried in your backyard. Yeah, I don't get. Like I said, we don't get that kind of luck. <laughs> I would be doing that. I get that metal detector now and go out in the backyard and go, "I detected something," and I'm going to start. I grab the shovel and I can just see just ripping up the, the the yard, thinking something's down there, and my shovel hits it. And stuff starts to, to shoot up in the air. I've hit the septic tank. That's what I discovered. Yeah, my luck, I'd be like, look it, there's something down here. It's, it's metallic, and it's got a black coating in it. Yeah. Wait, why did all the power go out? <laughs> and why is my hair standing up? And I'm oh, great. <laughs> Call the ambulance. Yeah.
I hit the power line. That's all right. You know what? We don't have to find it. We can spend our lives talking about other people. Yes, we can, and we can report it on this show as as a cool story and a find. I got to look familiar walking by the wall. Yeah, walking by the had a familiar there. silhouette. Didn't he look like when you knew Like he's saying his Alfred Hitchcock. There's a the mar- there was at the, the hey you said it. I the didn't. March I didn't of the Marionettes. That. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that about who that was. <laughs> I know. No way. That's the beauty of having a window here at the studio. A lot of people that broadcast on radio are up in an office building somewhere, like on the 10th floor, and there there's no windows or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, but here, we get to see everything here out the window. It's, people coming by trying to distract us, making faces, holding up fingers. It's still one of the best features of this station it where is. it's located. It's just it's being able to look beautiful. across downtown. See them walking the puppy dogs by and everything. And Yeah. And uh, summertime, seeing all the uh, uh, people dressed for summertime walking by, which is always fun. I love living in the Not south. Not always fun. But <laughs> some I of love them are living fun. down here. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. By the way, if you can't ever hear us on the radio, I want to remind you that if you're ever out of the area and you can't hear us on one hundred point three FM or AM fourteen fifty. <gasps> You can download the free TuneIn app, or you can pay for it, not have any commercials, but you can get TuneIn. We broadcast 24 hours a day on the TuneIn app for your smart device or your tablet or whatever phone you might happen to have. Or you can just go to WBHFradio.org if you're out of town and want to listen to the station or listen to my show. If you happen to be somewhere and you got a laptop on in front of you and you can pop it up, WBHF Radio, click the Listen Live button, and you can hear my goofy dulcet tones coming over the radio and you got to you're, you're gonna take you're gonna have to take these snacks home I, i'll oh, you're not the, gonna eat these no, i'll eat the bold eggs i don't know if i want to eat the truffles because they're just too much i might take one home or maybe i'll take them home for the you know, wife give she the other one like for the, give the other one to the wife she she likes it because she eats the, she eats sweet things all the time she's like oh, I, I, do I love want, sweets i love sweets i do I'm want like, one of those boiled eggs i could use I, the protein i told me to i told her i told mrs bk if she's ever told ever by a doctor Oh, you gotta quit eating sweets and watch your sugar because you're, you're you're becoming a diabetic. I'm gonna either one buy a straight jacket for her. Or, Hope the or, will is filled out or whatever. So because she's, I don't know how she's gonna do it because she loved her candy and her sweets and her cinnamon cinnamon rolls from the from the Cinnabon store. Mm. That's the first place we go. We walk into Universal Studios in Florida that, to the to the amusement park, and the first place we go is to Cinnabon. Because it's, it's at the entrance. And I'm like, one of those is your we, calories for the week. Well, <laughs> yeah, for some people, yeah, you think. <laughs> not some people I know, and not for me. So, uh, she bought one once when we were down there, and I'm like, well, you know, she got one when we went back to the hotel room. And I knew she had a cinnamon because they're you've seen them, right? They're they're huge. They're size of hubcaps. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'll just take a bite of it before she gets done with it. You know, I think I went and washed my hands and a couple of things. I'm like, honey, I'll take a bite of that cinnamon. It's gone. Wow. I do everything fast! Marathon John, you can't eat a marathon candy bar fast, Quick Claude. It lasts a good long time. I show you milk chocolate, delicious caramel, and chewy. Told you, nobody eats a marathon bar quick, Claude. Marathon lasts a good long time. Hi, time for timer! And time to make a week's supply of healthy after-school snacks. Now some weekend when it's raining and your mother is complaining because you're hanging around just twiddling your thumbs. Tell your mom that you've been itching to make something in the kitchen. And oh yes, the mess will be a minimum. But the thing that's going to please her is you make it in the freezer and nothing could be easier to fix. 
Now just watch as I go through it. Really, all you need to do it is some kind of juice and just a few toothpicks. Okay, now take an empty ice tray and fill it up with orange juice or lemonade or pomegranate juice or whatever turns you on. Then, cover the tray with plastic wrap, carefully poke the toothpicks through the plastic, put it in the freezer, and in a few hours, presto, stacks of snacks. Don't wait until it rains before you try this nifty trick. You'll have a fun time making sunshine on a stick. Oh, but, but that's just the beginning. We have to get on, we have to get on. We have so much time and so little to do. Stand by to receive our transmission. You are listening to BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn Radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. Hey, 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 hey. Not, we talked about that earlier. I'm not that old. Compared to some people, I'm old. Compared to some, I'm not old. I mean, I'm not old compared to that guy who was the granddad who was riding the bike on that trip that you had on the Newsflash story. Compared to the Leak Mounds Indian but, Trading Center back in the 1300s. Or the Indian Mounds over here in Etowah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty you're young. young. You're young. <laughs> you're on the front tick of that first uh, watch face. <laughs> well, I got, I got a message from Mike Mann in Channel Star Wars last night that he got to, his, his his shuttle was detained at Moss Eisley Spaceport. He was unable to get to his location. It was location. an order code. They were about That's to let him right. through. And he couldn't get... <laughs> Couldn't get back to record his Channel Star Wars report, but he did send the report to me. So, Alan Sanders and I are going to be your Channel Star Wars reporting people today. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh come on! I think we'll do a, I think we'll do a, I think we'll do an okay job. Alan, you're you're first up with Channel Star Wars. Okay. You know, with the story I'm reading, I don't know if this works, but okay, we'll go with it. Hey, uh, two drinks over here? That's right. We're a canteen band. Yeah, we're a canteen uh, This past week, Lucasfilm announced that their ILM X-Lab and Oculus, the folks who brought us the virtual reality adventure Vader Immortal, will be releasing the next adventure in VR gaming with Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Your adventure begins as a droid repair tech on a freighter ship that is attacked by a band of Guavian death pirates. And you end up on Batu. Uh, Batu, I guess. Uh, Bobby Moynihan of Saturday Night Live fame plays a bartender who is a talker and tells many tales, which you then play out as adventures. Deborah Wilson from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order also stars as Quarren, a pirate who will be leading the gang of ruthless adversaries. This is sure to be the next level of Star Wars gaming. A preview video has been posted to the official ILM XLab YouTube channel and is definitely a must to check out. After BK on the air, of course. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge will be released later this year. Now, you you got me with all these stories. I so did, yeah, the next you're, one. you're doing a great job. You like the the Lego things, Lego movies, Lego tie-ins, any Lego yeah, things? Yeah, I think they're a kind Lego of, guy? they're very entertaining, I'll say well, that. Well, let's yeah. go over Everything to the Everything is brick, awesome. We'll go over to the Brickmasters <laughs> at Lego. This week, they officially released the long-awaited Star Wars 75317, The Mandalorian, and The Child Brickheads box set. That'd be but, Baby Yoda, right? I yeah. guess so. Even if you're not a Lego enthusiast or collector, you'll definitely want to get your hands on this set. The places, I mean, the pieces are pre-printed as to add details without stickers for both characters and are packaged individually so you don't need to sort through a giant mess of bricks. The adorable Baby Yodian comes with his own space Baby cradle, <laughs> which appears to hover above its over its base, and the figure can be removed to stand on its own. Oh, yes, awesome. we just called a Lego build adorable. 
Moving to Mando, this fellow sports a ginormous helmet with a, while rocking his old-school Mandalorian armor from the beginning of the season. He comes with a blaster, pulse rifle, two rounds of ammunition for it, which are the generic Lego lightsaber hilts. All in all, these guys will definitely look cool just hanging out or added to a collection. You know, I was always, speaking of the blasters, I was always uh, missing, I always wind up losing my blasters to my action figures of Star Wars because, you know, they come with little tiny guns. You know where whatnot. they end up? Well, yeah. In the vacuum of space. And they, but, but later, I, I did a no-no. I, I mutilated, my, well, some collectors would say, you mutilated the figure. No, I super glued the guns to their hands at one point because I'm like, I'm never going to take them out. I don't want to lose them, so I'll never lose them at that point. Moving on with more Channel Star Wars. Additionally, on another Mandalorian note, the folks at Channel Star Wars would like to congratulate the Mandalorian for being nominated for 15 different Emmy Awards for the season one this week as well. And last up, we go to Marvel with the release of the long-awaited Star Wars Darth Vader number three after four of four-month hiatus. I don't know why. A writer Greg Pak started. Uh, stated about the series that it will take make heads explode when they watch it. That's more like the movie Scanners, not Star Wars. And this issue, this issue, he says, absolutely does that. It's set after the events of The Empire Strikes Back. The Dark Lord embarks on a mission to destroy whoever made Luke weak. That's W-E-A-K. Number three, issue number three, takes him on another mission to find out what really happened to Padme, which leads him to the Queen's former handmaiden and a trip to Naboo. Goes on to get a bit more matched up as Vader's past and present seem to blend into one. We really, really hope that we don't have to wait another four months for the next issue of Star Wars Darth Vader number three, but it's available wherever comics are sold. I wonder if it has, uh, I wonder if it's because of the COVID thing that Marvel's or, or whoever's doing the comic book has fallen behind. That could be the it reason. It could be. Didn't think about that. But for more Star Wars, that's it for Channel Star Wars today. For more Star Wars and Star Wars goings on, visit ChannelStarWars.com. Yes, that's our friends at ChannelStarWars.com. So there you are. Two special guests did the uh, Channel Star Wars for you today. It was us. You know, I've got some more Star Wars stuff if you want. You do? That's right. You told me you had some more Star Wars stuff. I hadn't realized this. Did you realize that Disney, after after all of the controversy over The Last Jedi, when J.J. was brought back in and filmed... (laughs) You know how they film lots and lots and lots? Oh, yeah. And eventually they have to edit it down and decide, well, what's the final movie going to look like? There's a lot of footage that we don't ever see. Right, yeah. I had no idea. According to a source from Cosmic.com... There were three cuts of the film that Disney wanted to have done. The first was the J.J. Abrams Kathleen Kennedy cut. So they went. Is they that went the into one? Is that the one we got? That's the one we got. That's the one we got. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's the one we got. Okay. Bob Iger decided to bring a different group in, and he oversaw one of the cuts. And apparently, right. George Lucas was brought in and did the Lucas cut. Who? I wonder whose idea was to bring Lucas in. Uh, I think JJ. I think JJ wanted to do that more than anything. I mean, he reached out to George even before doing the Force Awakens, and I think he was trying to be like, "Hey, this is a guy that gave me all of like inspiration." And I know Disney has kind of like cut him off. Right. And hey, nobody forced George to sell. He sold. Yeah, the company. Disney. Can we say Disney cut him off, or did he cut himself off by just selling it and signing the contract? I I guess it's (laughs) probably like everything in life, a little of both. A little of both. Yeah. Anyway, apparently, according to the source in this story. That the uh, the Lucas cut, you know, they have test audiences. Right. His scored the highest, eighty eight out of a hundred. The Lucas cut. Apparently, it's forty percent different from the one we got in the movie theaters, with fifty minutes of the overall film being different in terms of what you saw in the right. release that we had versus the scenes and and choices that Lucas made. Right. And a couple of things he said that they brought in. You know, after Padme, uh, Padme, after Ray thinks she's killed Chewbacca with the by ripping the ship yeah. apart. 
JJ shot a scene. So Lucas didn't invent stuff. He had to use whatever JJ whatever shot. Whatever they already done, yeah. She, he in, in, inserted a scene right after where as she's saying to herself, you know, she's grieving. She can't believe what she just did. She's like, right. this is so hard. A force ghost of Anakin Skywalker says, but that's the way of things. And begins to explain oh, really? to her that there's a thing called the Veil of the Force. And that's how the Emperor is still alive because he's created mirrors of himself using the Veil to redirect. And that's why there's another Emperor. It's not the one that was in Return of the Jedi. Oh, wow. It's his consciousness has been bouncing between these different sort of like drone versions of himself. And so there's still sort of a master emperor out there so does that mean footage with hayden christensen was shot they him? don't say if it's hayden they just said they just huh. say it's it's the um, she heard his Anakin. voice or maybe saying okay no no he's there so as a force there. ghost we'll return after these announcements the galaxy explodes the rebels return you can relive it all with kenner's star wars return of the jedi collection rebel attack squad ahead new imperial shuttle you have to put it together batteries not included action figures each sold separately after him excellent lord vader death star signaling wing up better land landing you down ramp engaged this battle station better be ready or yes my emperor new imperial shuttle action figures sold separately from kenner's star wars return of the jedi collection this is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear, okay? to Netflix. Mm. I have the story right here. What you just heard was the trailer to Jurassic World. Camp Cretaceous. Wait, do you hear that? Somewhere, Eric has just had a heart attack. Oh, really? Why would he have a heart attack? Because I bet he can't wait. He can't wait. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good heart attack. It's a, I'm coming, Elizabeth. You may have sparked a phone call. You never can tell. You never know. Well, anyway, let's hear about Netflix this. is set to bring the Jurassic Park film franchise to the animated small screen streaming arena with Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, which you just heard there. It will manifest on the platform with eight episodes in September. The series centers on the ordeal of six teens who have been awarded what seems to be the experience of a lifetime at a new adventure camp situated on a very familiar island, Isla Nublar. Uh-oh, we know what happened there. On the opposite side of a certain failed theme park filled with dangerous live attractions, what could possibly go wrong? A production of Universal Pictures, DreamWorks Animation, and Amblin Entertainment, Camp, Crita Camp Cretaceous is clearly aiming for a younger <laughs> audience than the typically, you know, PG-13 rated film fan franchise, which film, which it was uh, was from Spun. But that way, you know, kids can maybe watch it and not get too scared. But the Indominus Rex was the roar you heard there. That was the one that was in there chasing him. The series arrives from showrunners and executive producers Scott Creamer and Aaron Hammersley. 
Uh, the series was developed by Zach Stentz, who also serves as a consulting producer. Of course, the series is a demographic expanding supplementary offering from the buildup of the upcoming third film in the current franchise trilogy, Jurassic World Dominion, which will see the aforementioned Trevor O director returned to the director's chair which he occupied for 2015's trilogy launching jurassic world which was followed up by 2018's jurassic world fallen kingdom which j.a bayona stepped in to direct yet camp cretaceous is clearly a bright homage to the overall film franchise in the manner akin to universal's theme park attractions also uh, bearing various nods to 1993's jurassic park 97's jurassic world uh, the Lost World, uh, Jurassic Park, and 2001's Jurassic Park 3. Interestingly enough, for f- uh, the film for which Camp Cretaceous whets appetites, Dominion is currently scheduled to hit theaters, scheduled to hit theaters, June the 11th of <laughs> next year, 2021, a date that may be safely away from the current health crisis by almost a full year. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I guess that's good because this was an animated show about kids called Camp Cretaceous, Obviously, unaffected production was unaffected by the COVID nineteen because it's not a bunch of actors getting together on a no, set. No, still have a bunch of artists in a studio. I guess having they're to in the studio <laughs> talking. So, did they were they able to do it? I mean, and they didn't have, can't wear masks talking on a microphone, even though they wanted me here on this radio station to wear one. I told them I'm going to wear one on the air because I hold my breath when I'm on the air. So there's no way you can get it. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. I just take a deep breath, and uh, it's a trick. Hey, it's BK on the air. Someone's on the line here right now. Who's this? Uh Uh-oh, Eric, uh, you did. You you served your purpose of having him call, and he did call. How did you miss the Camp Cretaceous thing? Is that what you're saying? How? Well, I, I missed know. it too. Same I mean, way we did. Alan didn't know about it, and I didn't learn about it till yesterday. So it's it, it snuck under the radar, but it's a, it's a thing. No, no, I am a pop culture genius. Well, oh, you are you now? Well, <laughs> well, you missed this. Okay, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that on your is that on your card? Is it you know ninja uh, expert with weapons and swords and nunchucks and pop, pop culture genius? Is that on your card too? Is that, is that Wiley Coyote Probably. super pop culture genius? <laughs> Wiley Coyote super pop culture genius. <laughs> and see, I'm the roadrunner. I'm the one that makes him mad. <laughs> I can't look. I can't help because I'm smart. Now that's true. I remember the I remember the girl on the uh, on the commercial. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. I understand. I really do. Are you are you excited about this show, or does it make you want to watch it? It's a cartoon, but yeah, I'll watch it. Well, you know, car- sometimes cartoons are good. Do you remember Batman the Animated Series? That was a fantastic That trailer cartoon. sounded like it was more of a tween, uh, maybe adult-level cartoon. It sounded like there was some harrowing scenes in it. So it might be actually... But I just want to know how I missed it, because... Because you're not know. a genius. Yeah, you got to face it. I guess you're not the genius you thought oh, Wake up, Eric. <laughs> That's, see, that that right there already tells me you don't know what you're talking about. See, you seen anything interesting on your Facebook lately? <laughs> Have I, I seen think, it? No. I think Alan doesn't agree with you that he looks like Fred Williams. No, nothing worthwhile on my Facebook. Fred Ward. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You told him he looks like Fred Ward from Remo Williams or whatever. And what else was Fred Ward? Tremors, Joe Dirt. What? Who do I look like? Do I look like anybody? You never told me who I look like. I told you Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. <laughs> Raymond Burr. Now, is that the Perry Mason Raymond Burr, the Ironside Raymond Burr, or the uh, the 80s Ironside Raymond Burr? The, the, no, the 80s Perry Mason Raymond Burr. Oh, okay. That's I kind of thought it was what Dan Aykroyd was trying to think of when he was trying to think of something <laughs> safe that would never hurt another human being. It's Mr. Staple. Oh, God, I'd rather look like... Lee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was in Godzilla, <laughs> the first Godzilla movie. <laughs> Raymond Burr was. This is me. Wow. Well, I mean... I don't think 
It might be a good show, though. I don't want to. I just say what I think. I just say what I think. What comes up comes out my mouth. I'm sorry. Well, that's true. That's one of your problems. But yeah, it's okay. That's one of my gifts. (laughs) Your gifts, okay. (laughs) Some people see it as a problem. Some see it as a gift. Okay. Well, we're gonna watch it. We'll see. See if it's any good. Well, why don't you why don't, why don't you hear? I'm going to give you a, 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 an assignment, if you don't mind. Why don't you watch oh, it no. when it premieres and call us in and give us a review on it? Because I might watch it too. We got Netflix, and are I they going to drop it, it all at once so you can binge it? It didn't say in the article. Maybe it, it, it might. Said eight episodes, right? Since it's Netflix, yeah. yeah. So why don't you, why don't you watch it and report back when and give it me premiere? a? It is Something September all- next month. It premieres next month. So you watch it and report back and tell me what you thought. Okay. Well, now you have something to do. That's fantastic. We look forward to your report. Uh-huh. I'll call next week. All Five, right. 500 words or less, Don't please. you threaten me. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> a threat or a promise. With him, it could be both. Hey, it sounded good. That trailer you played yeah, sounded kinda cool. Good. I didn't I, I see mean, it, so I don't I'm know what little, the animation looks like. I'm a little but. offset by... by the juvenile animation or whatnot, but and that's okay. That doesn't automatically go. No, I don't want to see that. I mean, if it's Jurassic World, we like that franchise. We like that world. Sometimes things are are are, are made for ten to twelve year olds, and when I watch it, I'm like, well, you know, everybody thinks I'm a twelve year old in my brain or whatever. Or ten. My wife does. But yeah, but sometimes she does. She does. She thinks I am. She thinks well, I am. Oh, I think you are. Well, <laughs> she probably thinks she probably thinks I'm eight. I, I, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm always going to like something that that's that, that's geared for kids sometimes it's good like right. oh this is for kids and adults that's kind of cool but i'm not always going to love it just because you're going to slap a if you're going to fl- slap a franchise name on something that's not a get out of jail free card with us that we're going to like it. right but on the flip side i won't dismiss it because it's animation either right because goodness knows a lot of great animation has come out uh to watch a lot of people love the star wars <laughs> rebels show uh the clone wars uh, you know it's considered hey, total one canon. Word, pixar <laughs> Oh, it's Pixar. That's still animation, isn't it? Did yeah, you see the most animation. recent one about the the trolls that had lost? No, magic? but you know what? They were watching it one day when I was home, and I was in the next room just doing something, some work, and I could just—I was halfway listening to it, but I didn't watch it. But they really liked it. I did not see it. You need to it's, watch. What's it, it called? Especially onward, onward. Up, upward. Onward. Onward. Okay, I haven't seen that Since yet. you have lost your dad as well, and really the main theme about oh, it really? is how do you deal with the passing of a, of a parent? Oh, wow. See, that's, yeah. That's and they do it so. in the Pixar way that you are just, I'm telling you, I was taken so off guard. I was enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. I right, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is kind of a lighter movie. I get some of the themes. The last 15 minutes, I was like, maybe more oh, Kleenex. No. Maybe more Kleenex. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, I started getting that sloppy cry going. I Chris, wasn't just a watery eye. I Chris, was like a. <laughs> it was Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, right? Yes. Doing the voices. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, I'm telling you. And then the Pixar team is just. Brilliant. Oh, they're creative. They as are heck. brilliant. Uh, I was doing what you did, and I wasn't expecting it. Watching Up. Uh, um, oh my gosh! Up really caught me off guard. I'm like, oh Up no! Caught me at least three different times. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting because I saw the trailer to Up, and I'm like, what's the, the balloon floating <laughs> the a house like, away and a flamingo? Oh, yeah. it this seems looks so stupid. dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the trailers made it look. It was just like something totally different, but it really surprised. It's actually one of my favorite. That they up, did story wise is really, really good. good. My, my Mrs. BK was bawling in in, in a tissue watching uh, Toy Story three. By the end of three, she was like, "Oh, because she got the whole because you know her youngins, her youngins were you know were leaving and going to college, and then she just went through that and it hit on a lot of you know, yeah." Emotional and you know what's hits. funny is I really enjoyed Toy Story four, but I don't think we needed a Toy Story four. Now three was when she was crying. At four was yeah, four was an afterthought I think because three was ended. Fun. 
but three ended perfectly. It was. It was. There a great was trilogy. no reason for. And there's even one in between two and three. They did a direct to video one where they went to this island of toys or something like that and a volcano and whatnot. And it was. It was okay. But uh, but yeah, four. I saw four. Toy Story four in the theater. We went to see it, and I'm like, yeah, this one. This one is uh, just kind of lays there. I mean, it's not horrible. But it wasn't necessary, right? Like, like we we put a cap on that at the end there at three. We didn't really need to go any further. And I tell you what, I got mad because my favorite, my personal favorite character in Toy Story, which is Buzz Lightyear, he's just my favorite character. He had nothing to do in four. He was just there. He had hardly right. anything to do. I think what happened was, who was the who was the character, the evil evil Knievel character in four? You know the one I'm talking about. The, yeah, on the motorcycle. Oh my God, who did the voice I, for I that? I think he. I think he got all that. Was it Ryan Reynolds? No. Somebody said, was it uh, Michael Keaton? Who was it? It was somebody recognizable did the voice. It's somebody. And um, I think he got all of Buzz's scenes. That's what happened. I think that's what happened. And and the the little yarn figure that was created by the kid was really funny. He. Spooky or whatever, or, or sporky uh, or sporky or forky or something like it. Yeah, he was he was funny. That was a good thing. That was, was great. It was I could have done without it or saw it on video. Speaking on there, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we got more fun and more nostalgia geekiness and more me and Alan. So your body's changing. Believe me, I know how that feels. Hi, I'm Captain America. If you're watching this video, your parents have elected for you not to be present in the health class for a discussion of human reproduction. This portion of the show is being brought to you by The Best Things in Life, which are still free with minimum purchase at participating dealers. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn radio app. All righty, we're back. Here's BK on the Air. We did, I wanted to finish it wasn't our. like uh, you. I know. <laughs> well, I could sing something, but you don't want to do that. We don't want people to change the channel. You were talking earlier when we went to the break about who did the voice of uh, Duke. Is it Duke Kaboom? Duke Kaboom. On Toy Story 4, and it was Keanu Reeves, is what How we, we couldn't think of. That? We were all over, like Ryan Reynolds. Who was it? Keanu Reeves. Well, How can you forget Keanu that's Reeves? That's the worst when I know who it's not. Like, I knew yeah. for a fact. All the, I'm like, no, it's not We him, named not all him, those other guys. But, like, but who But was you it? know what? We knew it was Keanu Reeves. We just couldn't recall. Couldn't recall. That it. it was him. It's not that we didn't know it at all. So we talked about that last week about recalling Duke stuff. That was so Total great. recall. We're having total. We need to have total recall. <laughs> Um, seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty. See what happened in that movie? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see the remake of that either. The remake's not bad. It's not really? as fun. It's more more to try to make it more heavy sci fi instead of Schwarzenegger's fun sci fi. Oh, but I know the remake of RoboCop was horrible, terrible. Because I loved the original didn't, RoboCop. It was so. Didn't great. you have a story somewhere where they're going back and going to pretend like that remake wasn't they are. made? They are. They're going to remake Go back RoboCop to the original again. suit and, and everything. Certainly are, and, and 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 pretend like it's a sequel to the original films, which I think awesome. is great. I got. And let's say this. Um, it's safe to say that you and I are total dog lovers. Yes. Yes. That doesn't mean we. Listen, we're not talking about unattractive females. <laughs> We say that. Well, you get to a point we in mean, your life. Well, that's true, you know, because we're not all that attractive. Uh, we got a face for radio, but uh, and dogs walk by the radio station here as we're on the air, and we get to see them. But uh, if a dog, if if I have a dog or you own a dog, let's just say that the dog lives like a king or a queen because we love our dogs, we pamper them, we treat them well, we yes. do discipline when they when they need discipline or whatnot, just like a kid. They are our kids. They are. They I got are, another reason, as if we needed another reason to love dogs, from AJC.com and Channel 2, WSB News in Atlanta. A new study supports 
a theory that dogs can be trained to detect the presence or absence of COVID-19. Now, as the coronavirus pandemic continues around the world and holds us by the throat, scientists are looking for more and better ways to test people. Uh, volatile organic compounds produced during respiratory infections like COVID-19 have a specific scent imprints that trained dogs can detect with a high rate of precision, researchers in Germany said. The team used eight dogs trained for a week to detect saliva or tracheobronchial uh, secretions from SARS-CoV-2 positive patients. Yeah, SARS-CoV-2. The, do- the dogs were subject to a randomized double blinded and controlled study setup. The research team discovered the dogs could distinguish between positive and negative samples with an average diagnostic sensitivity of 82.63%, which is pretty good if you if you ask me. I'll take those. The dogs were better at detecting individuals who were not infected. When presented with 1,012 randomized samples, the dogs achieved an overall detection rate of 94%. The detection rate had an 83% success rate from infected secretions and a 96% success rate with controlled secretions. So there we go. Our four-legged fur babies are doing a wonderful job again. So we're going to do that now? We're going to start lining people up and just open your mouth, say, ah, and then they go... I don't oh, know yeah, how you got I don't it. know how they're taking the sample, but you, you got to COVID. Everyone's uh, like, <laughs> oh, you must have had onions. <laughs> oh, and now the dog is sniffing you. Oh, and he's licking the inside of your mouth. You must have had a burger and beef. <laughs> I just wonder how they'll do that. But I mean, that, I don't dogs know, but it sounds are cool. Amazing. My dad always said, How did mankind ever get by without the dog? And the horse. If we didn't have those animals with us, we would have probably been in trouble <laughs> back in the old days. You know, even now, because they place they played in history such a role, and still do. Yeah. Uh, of helping out mankind, and there's a reason they call him Dog Man's best friend because he is. He's mankind's best friend. There was that movie that came out. I don't think it did very well, but Susan watched it and she said it was it was interesting. But it was, I think it was called Alpha. And it was about the a story of like prehistoric man, oh, right. and one kid I saw gets the trailer for that. Yeah, I didn't he see gets that separated either. from a, tr- yeah. and he gets uh, befriended by I guess a wolf. I remember that trailer, a wild yeah. wolf, and but because they end up needing each other, they become friends, and it's right. the story of how the first dog and man. Basically, it's a fictional, but it's the right. it's a concept. It's what they think. How might have did happened. yeah? How did wolves? eventually get to the point where now we have thousands of variety of domesticated dogs. I mean, because they, all, good question, they yeah. all trace back to the wolf. Well, Think about are. that. When you see those little tiny Pekingese or little chihuahuas, yeah. and you're like, you all used to be a wolf. <laughs> of course, then you look at my chihuahua, she acts like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Chihuahuas uh, make up for their, they're trying to compensate. <laughs> well, my do. wife has this theory. She's like, dogs don't know how big they are. No, they don't. The, 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 the way they act is how big they are to other dogs. That's exactly right. We didn't do this day in history. Let's go. Let's not let it get by before we, because uh, we got distracted Otherwise with we'll Channel have to be Star the next Wars. Next day in history. Yeah, <laughs> like to change it to uh, the next August day. Next month in history. Bur- uh, let's talk about birthdays today. Did you know that it's Herman Melville's birthday today? Today, who wrote Moby Bar Dick? she blows. By the way, let, okay, let's do it together. <clears throat> From hell's hot, hot I, I stab thee. thee. For hate's sake. sake. I, I spit my last breath, breath at thee. Thank you, Moby Dick. And Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. You know that uh, whole yeah. thing where he goes, I will chase him round the moons of Nibia. Yep, round that's perdition. from Moby Dick it's too. A, yeah. It's sort of an adaptation of that because uh, they didn't have the moons of Nibia. But Nicholas, Nicholas Meyer loved uh, Shakespeare and uh, classic literature. And stuff. But also classic lit. yeah. It's also Jason uh, Momoa's birthday today. Aquaman is his birthday Think today. He he's a lot, with Moby Dick? He's a lot younger than we are. 
Do you know that? Does he know Moby Dick, maybe? I don't know. First name basis? <laughs> I don't he might. Hey, Mo. <laughs> he knows his ghost, Mo. maybe. And the director Sam Mendez's birthday is today, too, by the way. <laughs> who who did that great, great... Have you seen 1917 No, yet? it's on my list. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it eventually. Dude. You say it's really good, though. So good. I'm going to see it. This day in history, 1774, August the 1st. I can't believe it's August 1st and we're still dealing with the pandemic. I thought it was supposed to be over by now, but it should be. So it's August the 1st. 1774, August 4th, English chemist Joseph Priestley discovers oxygen by isolating it in its gaseous state on this date. Wow. And it took his breath away, by the way. Also in 1965, the novel Dune was first released on this date in 1965 oh. by Frank Herbert. Frank Herbert's the Dune. first book. Dune you know, I've yet to read day. any of the Dune books. I probably am owed a, a, a sit down with those books. Yeah, I hear they're a pretty complex read because yeah, you know, but that's you know that doesn't mean it's a bad book. On this day in history, 1971, Sonny and Cher show premieres on CBS. I got you, babe. <laughs> I got Sonny. you. Babe. Did you know that they continued? I hit to, that tree, babe. Did you know that too soon? Uh, Not anymore. Yeah, he said he hit it too soon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if what the order was, but did you know that they did the show? And they were married, had the kid chastity, and had her on at the end of the show sometimes. And they got divorced. And I think they went off, and he did the Sunny show, and then she did a show called Share. Didn't do very well. So they came back after they were divorced to do the Sunny and Share show again. And when they did it again, it didn't last long because, I'm sorry, they were divorced. The magic just wasn't there with them anymore. Yes. And that, I don't know why there, there was emotion there, but just the wrong Yeah, kind. and you could tell by watching it. You're like, oh, that, her, back when she would get a little dig in on him it was funny but now it's just ruthless it's just terrible when they're on the air now that's horrible uh, on this date back in history i was very sick of this song but i will report it 1981 endless love by lionel richie and dinah ross was on the number one spot what for what it seemed for like 20 years it was number one again it's and a I would horrible to Casey. song anyway uh, i would listen to casey Kasem and from a horrible movie the movie was a flop but the song went like platinum i guess oh. it's considered the most popular duet song in history and every every really? casey Kasem countdown i would hear it and like oh no is it number one again it's endless love no not for the 15th week it's number one again it seems endlessly oh, it was stuck with terrible. endless love Number one in the box office, if you went to the movies and saw the number one film on this day in 1979, North Dallas 40, the football movie. with uh, I've never seen it. I think it's Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, that. that's yeah. it. That's so I was trying to uh, think Did of. they remake that one, or was it the Burt Reynolds one where he was They in redid prison? the Burt Reynolds one in prison. Yeah, that, that was, was called, with, uh, uh, what was same, it called? It was the same name. It was The, the oh, Longest was Yard. Oh, The Longest Yard. That's what It was that still was called The Longest Yard. This is North Dallas That was Dallas Adam okay. Sandler. Wow. And did you did you ever see the the interview that Burt Reynolds did? Burt Reynolds was on on camera because you you know you got a little Burt Reynolds connection being in that Hamlet and Hutch with him here in Cartersville at the Grand Theater. He was on camera after the remake of that movie came out, mm-hmm. Longest Yard, the Longest Yard, and the inter- the guy from CBS News was like had you know he's being kind of a jerk, kind of shoving the microphone in Burt's face. He's like, "That's great. I understand this is a remake of an original movie. Uh, you were in the movie, right?" He's like, "What? Are you asking me about the movie? And you haven't even seen it, and you're a, a journalist?" Mm-hmm. He smacks him on the face. Very hard, but he smacked the reporter. He's like, "Go see the movie, and then come back and talk to me." And he kind of chuckled, and you know, and gave the guy a little, you know, hug yeah. or whatever, and walked off. Oh, that reporter didn't like it. 
He didn't like that at Did all. Did he sue him? Oh, I don't know if he sued him, but uh, it, that Idiots. made news, too. So Idiots. I think I would have smacked him, too. Like, I don't understand people you not who go it, and interview know? actors and then try to not even bother to look at their body of work and know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, look, do some research right. you know, before you actually go and do it. I got a few more things. We're going to take a break here. I'm going to do a few more things. We got a, another premiere today, a huge premiere 39 years ago was today. And I'll tell you, there's three national blank days, meaning it's National Something Day. One of them, until it's National one Blank Day. We really like it. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break. We'll come back, and we'll have that when we come back. I'd like to talk to you about good things to eat, like Swiss cheese on a crisp Ritz cracker, or a chunk of ham on a crisp Ritz cracker, mm, peanut butter and jelly on a crisp Ritz cracker. Everything tastes great when it sits on a Ritz. You hungry? Then have some onion dip on a crisp Ritz cracker. Mmm. Mmm, good cracker, good cracker, from Nabisco. Good cracker, good, good cracker. the music but there was no one around to hear it as the population grew in numbers music grew in popularity man invented the radio and the phonograph high fidelity made quite a splash but it was full stereo sound that made the explosion Soon television came along and gave us the gift of sight, but it was cable that gave us the freedom of choice. For a while, it seemed there was nothing new on the horizon. Announcing the latest achievement in home entertainment, the power of sight, video, the power of sound, music MTV, music television. This is it. Welcome to MTV Music Television, the world's first 24-hour stereo video music channel. Just moments ago, all of the VJs and the crew here at MTV collectively hit our executive producer, Sue Steinberg, over the head with a bottle of champagne, and behold, a new concept is born. The best of TV combined with the best of radio. Your favorite tunes are never too far away anytime you tune in. I'm Mark Goodman, and I'll be here this time every weeknight with the latest concert information and music news. Another th broadcast thing happened today, August the 1st, 1981. Wow. MTV went on there, and that's how it sounded. I thought I'd play the actual opening when they went live you with their play satellite the very broadcast. First video they ever played. Do you remember that was? Yes, it was uh, the video, Buggles. Video killed the radio star. Video that's killed right. the radio star, which was a catchy little new this wave sounding catchy tool. Little ditty. It was kind of fun. What was the other one that was fun too? A group called M did a song called Pop Music. Talk about, Talk about pop music. Pop, that was another pop, fun pop song, music. too, which I'm sure was an early video on MTV as well. You can tell, say what you want about it. They started in 81 but stopped in 1990 yeah. <laughs> playing music or whatever they say is true. And it is true. I remember from the old days. Then they then they, uh, VH1 came along, which I thought was much better because they kind of what were MTV was. I always joked that when MT, when VH1 came on, they just took all the old videos that MTV wouldn't play anymore, and they started playing them. You know, Do you know one of stuff. my favorite VH1 shows that I would watch all the time? Was the pop-up video? 
It was great with all the factoids yes. on it. Yeah, that I was thought great. that was the coolest. Once you've seen the videos, now you want to watch them a little differently, right. you know, and learn some things from them. Uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the best shows that I loved is when they would do the VH1 behind the music specials. When they would take those were it was great. A, even if it was a band that I didn't like or whatever, I it was interesting to see what happened to them mm-hmm. and and what they went through. And they also did for a while. VH1 did a show called Re- Bands Reunited, where they he'd go. This guy would go out and he would try to fi- track down all the members of a band that had long since disbanded, and he would try to find them and have the, and take an album cover with him, an old record cover album. He goes, "We're trying to get your band back together. If you'll sign above your." picture here on the album that means you're in for getting a reunion talking maybe playing one night only for some fans mm-hmm. and he would go around and try to get everyone they did it with berlin uh you were talking about uh take my breath away earlier from top gun they did it with berlin they did it with flock of seagulls <laughs> and uh, both of those groups they all agreed but you could tell some of them were caught off guard because it'd been years and they were like working in an engineering firm or mechanic or or working at some business thing since then they weren't really rock and roll stars anymore some of them were like a lot of a lot of stuff under the bridge you know i don't know if i can push all that aside i think almost every band that they went to agreed to finally do it and one guy was like i think it was one guy from uh uh berlin said hey I'm not going to do it. But if you talk to so-and-so, if he's on board, then I'm on board. It was like one guy. If he mm-hmm. said okay, then they'll, then they'll, they'll do like it. Like dominoes. So, one right. person so, has to fall first. But you can only admit, you, you got to admit, there's probably a lot of history, a lot of fighting. Well, there's usually a reason you know? bands break up, and it's not because they <laughs> had too much money. Yeah, that's never a reason. Gosh. That's usually... They keep throwing money at us. It, this, it we should break up. Too much money is the indirect reason that they break up. Yeah, that may be the no, adding it's usually to the problem. Creative differences. But yeah, they don't want to. One of them won't give up the booze or the drugs. <laughs> right. One or becomes one, unreliable. One of them, one of them starts, dies or something. There's that. You can never know about that. That didn't stop ACDC, though. But, or Metallica. Uh, yeah, but that that's great. So happy birthday to to MTV. It was amazing. When it first broadcasted, I didn't have it when it started. I no. heard about it, and I'm like, oh, wow. And then you had all these other channels like uh, TBS in Atlanta, and some of your local channels would play like night tracks or Friday night videos or something like that to make up for it. Friday they knew it was night hot. videos, oh my which God. Which is on NBC, which <laughs> was hot because the they knew that people are watching MTV and they're like, well, let's, let's play where, the music videos. For me, too. that's both the, it's both the good and the bad, and I've heard a lot of like studio musicians and a lot of the musicians that grew up in the 70s before MTV that said right. you no longer needed to be just a musician now right. if you were hot you would get your music video exactly and it shifted from what you look like to what from what you sounded like and think about it before that a lot of our rock groups unless their photos are on the back of the record album we never knew what they looked like really well even if they did we didn't care we, we didn't care image, that's right yeah. but now with music videos and i remember that was the big controversy with cnc music factory when they replaced right, yeah. the woman who sang on the record yep. with a hot looking model lip syncing it lip syncing yeah. Yeah, and that and that's if they want to do that, that's fine. But uh, Chicago suffered from that with Peter Cetera and the group Chicago. He's like, well, you know, MTV. They, they we kept making music videos of our music in the '80s, and they kept, you know, I was singing the songs, and the guys. It was unfair because they kind of just they just wanted me in the videos. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, I got a whole band, you know. And they're like, you know, we just you're singing the song. We're gonna make a cool video of you in the song singing uh, "Stay the Night" or mm-hmm. some of these songs that you do, and that that caused that caused friction too. You know, being the front leader of a band sometimes is un, un, unfortunate. It's or wild fortunate. because you need someone with enough ego to believe he was <laughs> right. he's worth everyone's adoring. 
Otherwise, why are we listening? Yeah. But at the same time, when you start having that ego in the band, you start, wait a minute, you couldn't do this without the rest of us. Right. We're playing the instruments and help but, write the song. Hey, you know what? The lead singer, he's your front man. Well, uh, also today, let's talk about a few more things today, which is August the 1st. It is National Girlfriends Day, Aww. which is cool. Did you call yours today? Did you buy them all gifts? Did you call yours today? I did not. Okay. Not yet. call your girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> call her girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> It is respect. Is is National Respect for Parents Day, or in your and I's world, every, every day. day. <laughs> yes. Do you get it? No, but we give it. That's for sure. And believe it or not, today, August the first, I didn't even know this. This is another one that I didn't know, and it slipped by me. Today is National <gasps> Spider Man Day. No way. Today, it certainly it's is National Web Slinger Day. It is National Web Slinger Spider Man Day today. So. Spider Man. And we just heard. We just we. Spider Man. <laughs> That's whatever a spider pig that's, does. That's in February. <laughs> this is August first, Spider Man Day. We heard that, uh, and we heard rumblings and talks that Marvel is preparing Spider Man Three, whatever it's called. It's going to be filmed in Atlanta. That's what I've heard. So that's no big surprise because the last. So we had Homecoming, Far From Home. Uh, they were saying this one, homesick. This is going to be homeless <laughs> or something. Yeah, you're right. But I'm wondering, are they going to use the word home in every one of his subtitles? I think they, that's the ongoing cute. thing. It'd be cute for the first three, but maybe. It would, it would limit what you could call it, I guess. <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Home, homely. Home, Wait, what? Homely. Yeah, hit by a car. Spider-Man 3. Homegrown buddy. You know, he's <laughs> doing a your, project for... Your hometown friend. Homegrown. He's doing a project for a science class, which includes... Uh, <laughs> cannabis that's <laughs> like no hey you that. know i still love the fact that they brought uh the actor um oh what's his name by Jay jonah jameson oh J- jk simmons yeah jk simmons oh, they yeah. put him on the billboard he's the best J. jonah jameson he is and they updated him he was the editor of the daily bugle blog not the not the newspaper well, it's a blog now because it didn't have his hair different and stuff oh, he was bald yeah he's bald. He, did, he wears a toupee anyway but yeah he was he had no hair in the and i thought it was that was a great time some people are speculating that that leaves it open to there's possible other, as we know, spider verses in different Spider-Man universes. And there's been talk of having um, Tom Holland crossover in a movie sometime with Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and maybe another Spider-Man, the the kid that Spider-Man. Well, weren't they talking about bringing what's his face back? Uh, the director of the original Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well, they're bringing Sam Raimi back Sam for Raimi. Doctor Strange. Yeah, for Doctor so Strange. That's, so that's going to be good. Once he's in that world, why wouldn't he maybe open he himself up to another make another Spider-Man movie? Another Spider-Man flick. Which I loved his Spider-Man films. I don't know if I have enough time. Yeah, I think I have. Uh, about this thing that they that scientists have discovered something a huge galactic wall hidden behind the Milky Way, and I didn't know about this. They discovered a celestial structure made of galaxies more than one point. 1.4 billion light years long and 600 million light years deep in the skies over the North Pole, according to the report. I can't even fathom how big that is. That's big, but I can't that's even remember. That's a Trump-sized the wall. Soul, the soul... <laughs> The the South Pole Wall, as it's been dubbed, is situated along the southern border of the cosmos from the perspective of Earth and consists of thousands of galaxies, hydrogen gas, dust, and dark matter, MIT Technology Review explains. It's also one of the largest known structures in the universe. The wall is among a number of structures that make up the cosmic web, including the Great Wall, the Butis Void, the comparably sized Sloan Great Wall, and the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall, the largest known structure at 10 billion light years wide, according to MIT. Wow. That's 
huge. Now, you know, they actually go to the edge of the galaxy in Star Trek in one of the episodes and in Star Trek V. They visit what's called the edge of the galaxy where there's a huge kind of a storm, weird thing surrounding the edge of the galaxy. So hmm. now in Star Trek, it was there, put there to imprison a creature on the other side. Right. So I don't know why. I hope that's not why it's there now. That's about a tenth the diameter, by the way, that we just said of the observable universe. The findings were first mentioned last Friday in the Astrophysical Journal. It was discovered that when scientists saw galaxies in different directions around it, it was for Affected by its gravitational pull, the wall is the lar- one of the largest structures discovered with a 650 million light year radius from Earth. So, wow, that is huge. That's a big wall. That's almost as big as my appetite as a bar at a barbecue place. <laughs> Not quite as big though, because that's pretty. That's me that's going into a bar. Big. You going in bar? It's the same thing. <laughs> Alan drinks drink lots. All that. Alan drinks lots of water. It's I do. It's surrounded by wheat and barley and a lot of other things. But there's well, water. It's in usually there, in frozen yeah. form in the midst of it. <laughs> that's right. Well, we had another fun day here today. It's a beautiful day. We're going to go out and try to uh, enjoy it. Yes. BK on the air here with Alan Sanders. You're going to be on a pontoon boat today, which is going to be fun. Going on the lake. Go hiking. I hope I don't run into copperheads like I did, but I won't kill it, by the way. Don't kill it. Don't kill them. Uh, It's BK on the air. We'll see you next week, next Saturday, same time, same place. Catch our podcast online. Look forward. It's BK on the air. I can only get unstuck. I'll be swinging in one of my most fearsome foes next week.